Okay. So I don't know what number episode this is, or I would say, welcome to the 16th episode. It might be 16. I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? Well, welcome to a highly anticipated episode of the Catholic Traveler podcast. He's Mountain. And, well, you're Joni. She's Joni. Yeah. (laughs) And that's the intro. Um, Yeah, so this is the episode that you've wanted to record since the very beginning. Like four years ago when we first decided to do a podcast. Four years ago when we started podcasting. I was excited. Yeah. Imagine if we started four years ago. We'd have a lot of episodes. We would have run out of stuff to talk about a long time ago. Probably. (laughs) We would have gone through all the churches, every meal. Yeah, but today we're talking about... Station churches. Yeah, the station churches. Some of our favorite things in Rome involve station churches, pilgrimage to the station churches. and Anyway, what's a station church, Joni? Yeah. So the station churches are 40 of the churches in Rome. They are among the oldest churches in Rome. And the tradition dates back to even before Christianity was legal, when the bishop would go to various house churches to celebrate Mass. And it was a really big deal when the bishop would come to celebrate Mass and the Christian community would gather around him. And even when Christianity was legalized and churches were built on top of those homes, the bishop continued to do that. And he'd often have set days where he might visit a church. And eventually it became tradition that the the church would have its kind of station. It would be the station church of the day. And we see this most clearly in the station churches of Lent. Right. And so the house churches, these were homes, a lot of times it was like a wealthy family, not always, but they were the ones that had the homes big enough to accommodate people. And like you said, Christianity was still illegal, so they were secretly Christian but they would allow the Christians into their home to celebrate the sacraments. And a lot of these people ended up being martyred, um, usually tortured and just killed in horrific ways. And so the churches were built over the tops of those homes. And a lot of these station churches, you can actually still go down below the floor of the church and visit some of the ancient rooms from these fourth century homes. And then oftentimes, if they were martyred, either they're buried there, or maybe there's another saint buried there. So you're not just going on pilgrimage to these churches, but you're really going on pilgrimage to the martyrs' tombs. Right. And so we're going to be talking about these churches every day of Lent, starting with Ash Wednesday. And so we'll explain in detail like why this church is important, who's buried there, what happened there. Um, but yeah, like you said, there's some of the churches were their homes— Sometimes it's a church built over where a a martyrdom occurred. Sometimes it's a church built over where a saint was buried. And there are very important, significant churches to people in the early days. Because now there's like a thousand churches here in Rome, and they're not all significant. I mean, of course, they're important to the community, but they're not like built over. Those people are going to be mad at me. But they're not, they don't listen. listen. (laughs) The people at the Roman <laughs> suburban churches, they're not listening. But these are the churches that were important because of things that happened there or uh, just, well, yeah, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah, And and so because of that, the station church tradition to go to 
each, you know, a different church every day during Lent. We'll talk a little bit more about how this happens, but it becomes a really beautiful way to see these places, to experience new churches, to see, you know, the tombs of the saints that you've only read about, and to see different parts of the city. And so it's a pilgrimage that kind of is a good way, especially if you're living perhaps in Rome during Lent, or you're visiting Rome during Lent, it's a good way to see outside the usual, you know, churches that everybody visits. It's a good way to see Rome. Yeah, because these are some amazing churches, and some of them, I mean, most of them are always open, but there are a couple that are only open on their station day. And so if you're not here during Lent, I mean, you could visit the outside, but you couldn't go inside. And then even the ones that are open daily um, on their station day is when they bring out their most important relics, they place them on the altar, people can go up and venerate them, look at them up close. Um, Some of the crypts, like they go down into the rooms from those early houses, uh, they're only open occasionally, like certain feast days or on their station day. And so it is really a good time to visit Rome because you are able to see all of these things and experience it. And with other Americans many times. Yeah. So one of the neat things, so this has been a tradition for a long time. It's not like this is a new thing. Like I said, the, the the Pope had been celebrating Mass. The Bishop of Rome had been celebrating Mass at these places even before Christianity was legalized. But the list of the churches that we have today dates back to the 4th, 5th, 6th century. So most people think Gregory the Great in 590 to 604 really solidified the original list that was 25 churches. So the church has been doing this for a really long time, but lately it's seen kind of a resurgence. And part of that is because of the North American College, where um, any English speaker um, from the North American continent would may, may study. Um, so they have a, a seminary here, in Ro- there in Rome. Um, and so the North American College, a bunch of English-speaking guys, then celebrate Mass in the mornings at the station churches. And that tradition has kind of helped bring back, um, especially to English speakers, this idea of the station church pilgrimages. So you could go early in the morning with the Nat guys and celebrate Mass in English. Yeah, and it's really awesome because it's not all the seminarians have to do it, um, because there's usually a couple hundred of them, but many of them do. Many of the priests that are here already studying in Rome, maybe living at the Casa or living at the Neck, they usually go as well. And so the English Mass is at 7 a.m. at all these churches. So it's super early in the morning, which kind of makes it a little penitential in itself. You have to get up 5.30 to get to some of these churches in time. And then the Mass is in English. They usually have the choir there, so they're singing. And again, it's sometimes they sing in Latin, but it's you know, the homilies in English. It's just it's nice when you're in another country. I mean, you can find an English mass every Sunday here in Rome, but it's not every day that you get to go to daily mass with several hundred English speakers. And so, yeah, it's it's probably one of my top things to do in Rome, and something I look forward to all year. And not a lot of people say they look forward to Lent, but you know, this helps. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it is just a really neat gathering of whether it's expats or students. And I had the privilege of studying in Rome twice and both of those were during Lent. And so we really made a concentrated effort to get to the station churches. And it was really a taste of home, but it was also a comfort 
I think, to hear, like you said, the homily in English when you're not used to that for, you know, especially these students who've been studying in Rome for, you know, years. This is a way to connect to that English-speaking community. And you never know who you're going to see. Sometimes it's the who's who of of Roman expats. And you really kind of cultivate this little group. We, I remember going with my classmates and there was another student. We never found out his name. He was by himself. So I don't think he was studying with a Catholic college, but he would go every morning and it was just like we'd nod and smile at each other because we he was part of our community after a while because we were doing this all together. And so it's a really neat way to have that kind of communal relationship during Lent that we're all in this together and we're all kind of doing this communal penance in in a way because there is this idea of pilgrimage to, with the station churches and this idea of penance, even though we're making it sound like it's like the best thing ever. There is a, there's a penitential aspect too. Yeah. And so I know it sounds crazy. There's 40 churches and we're talking about how you have to make a little pilgrimage there, but they're not far. There's a couple that are outside the walls of Rome. I think St. Paul outside the walls is the furthest, and maybe that's three miles from the center of town. Um, but most of them are close to the city center. Um, so it's not like you're walking for hours to get to these churches. Uh, but you do, like you said, you you see a lot of the same people each time and it is kind of nice, even if you don't talk to them, just to have that community and know that you're not alone. And it's tradition to walk to them, although I always cheated. Where we lived when I studied in Rome, we couldn't walk to any of them. Um, we lived farther enough outside the city. So we took the bus and we would occasionally see people with us on the bus. But it's kind of nice to have the idea of walking there. Yeah. Do you walk their mountain? Most of them. Yeah. Well, I've never done, I've never done St. Paul like at the 7 a.m. hour. I've never walked to St. Yeah. Paul outside the walls, but uh, yeah, pretty much all of them. Other nice. Maybe maybe St. Lawrence outside the walls I didn't walk to, but yeah, usually I walk. Um, I do notice, though, that quite a few of the seminarians now ride bicycles Cheat. or take oh. the bus. Cheaters. Yeah. Yeah, because um, they post their schedule like in the, I guess it's like in the hall of the knack or something. And on the, the schedule, it'll say like Monday's church is this, this is the person celebrating. A lot of times if there's a cardinal in Rome, that cardinal will celebrate the mass, like an English speaking cardinal. Um, and then they'll tell you, or they'll tell the seminarians like how long it takes to walk there. So it'll say like 45 minutes walking. And they're very precise because, you know, like the seminarians are very, they're, <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're very, I'll just say that they're very extra, but they'll... They'll have like, this church takes 31 minutes to walk to. It's like, 31 minutes? Come on. Just round it up. Or I bet I can do it in 30. Yeah. And so they're, they're very particular about that. But so yeah, traditionally they would walk to these churches, but things have gotten a little more modern and, you know, you might see somebody on a Vespa or a bus. Weak. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Uh, I, but, I mean, I took the bus to all of them, so I'm not going to. Yeah. And these are throughout the week. And so a lot of them are going to school right afterwards. So they have to have all their stuff and they didn't have time to go back to the college. So I guess it kind of makes sense. But yeah. So there's the opportunity to go in the morning. If you want to go to mass, you can go to the mor in the morning with the North American College. There's also a mass at five that's in Italian. And that's when the Romans kind of gather together. And then like Mountain said, the churches are open throughout the day. So you wouldn't have to go to mass to make the station church pilgrimage. And sometimes when I was in school, we, our class schedule conflicted. And so we would just make a stop. You know, we'd go visit throughout the day and the relics are on display and everything. Um, but it's actually tradition. And I only found this out maybe last year that 
that your little pilgrimage, like the mass itself would actually traditionally start at a different church, which I think is interesting. Um, a nearby church, like this would only be possible in a city like Rome, right? Like in Nashville, you couldn't walk from one church to the other in procession. But in Rome, you would start at a nearby church and there would be the litany of the saints and some prayers as you then would process to the station church. So there would be a collect church and then you'd process to the station church. And I thought that was neat because you're kind of getting the whole neighborhood involved and incorporating that idea of penitential procession. So at the five o'clock, you'll still see this sometimes because they may like process around the church and pray the litany of saints or something. Um, But I didn't know that it was tradition to start at a different church. And I think that's interesting. Yeah. And the bishop would do this as well that being the pope so the pope would miss would meet at that church and everyone would process through the streets and usually it wasn't that far it was maybe half a mile several blocks or something i don't know um but yeah so i experienced one of those at st john lateran they did the procession and it actually went out into the cloister um and so you get to sometimes you get to go to places that aren't usually open or you have to pay to go to um, and you just kind of follow all the priests and everybody walking around the cloister. Um, so yeah, that's that's fun. Well, and we we see this on um, on Ash Wednesday. It's be, it's become tradition again for the Pope to celebrate Mass there. Um, I think it started with John the Twenty Third. He made a big deal. He went out to Santa Sabina, and then John Paul II did it. And um, but they do start up the street at San Anselmo, which wasn't the Colic Church, but that's okay. They would start. They start at San Anselmo, and they make a procession to Santa Sabina. And so while that might not happen this year, it has happened in the past. The it is Pope not. celebrates Mass at Santa Sabina. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's officially is it official. It's official. So the Ash Wednesday Mass for the Pope will be at St. Peter's. Oh, well. 100 people. In a non-pandemic year, the Pope would go to Santa Sabina. But he doesn't go to all the station churches even in a non-pandemic year. He just does Santa Sabina (laughs) these days. Could you imagine how cool that would be? That'd be awesome. If I'm ever Pope, I'm going to go to every station church. Okay. You heard it here first. (laughs) If Mountain is ever Pope. And I'm keeping my name too. Pope Mountain. Pope Mountain. Montagna. Pope Mountain the first. Yeah. Nice. I like it. So um, I guess that's it for this episode, right? That's our intro. Yeah. Do you have anything to add? Um, I I would like to say a little bit about pilgrimage because um, I think I may have mentioned this in an earlier episode possibly because we talk about pilgrimage all the time because it's what mountain does and it's how mountain and i met and worked together but i think this the station churches is a neat way to incorporate pilgrimage into our lenten journey because a pilgrimage is really a microcosm of life and it's that microcosm of you know we're all journeying towards heaven and so this is showing that in some like tangible way that we're walking and there will be difficulty and there will be joys right it's not all drudgery um, but a pilgrimage is kind of a microcosm of that spiritual journey where, you know, we might get off the path sometimes and we might have to come back to the path and we might have to help other people on the path. And so I love that image of pilgrimage throughout life. I love like drawing on that image of of us journeying towards heaven with each other. And so I think that's one reason I really love the station churches is I love taking people on pilgrimage to Rome and to the Holy Land. But this is kind of a way that um, and and even if you aren't in Rome, right, most of us are not in Rome this Lent. That's one of the reasons Mountain is doing this with the station churches, whether it's the daily podcast or the videos, that 
you can take kind of a virtual pilgrimage and go to these places and enter into prayer and remember that, you know, this life is a journey and, you know, we're all screwing up and we're all doing our best. But the, the what matters during Lent is that we just keep trying and we're on this journey. So I love this idea of pilgrimage. I loved when I was living in Rome to still be able to go on pilgrimage to these places each morning in Lent. And I hope that people can use this um, to supplement whatever else they're doing during Lent to use this as a, a virtual pilgrimage of sorts. That's lovely, Joni. I'm hopeful for that as well. I hope that people will follow along, include that in their Linton journey this year to join us on these Station Church pilgrimages. And we've mentioned this, I think, maybe last week when we were talking about it. I don't remember. But the daily episodes, they're not all going to be 30, 45 minutes. We're just going to talk about right. the church, why it's important. So if you just want to, if you only have several minutes to listen or something, it's not going to take up your whole day. I mean, the truth is you could spend an entire day talking about these churches because they are amazing churches. Yes. But, yeah. yeah. Excellent. Okay. Well, thanks, listeners. And as always, share this, especially if you know somebody who's either been to Rome and been to some of these churches. Maybe you know someone who studied in Rome during Lent. And so the station churches bring back really good memories like they do for me. Um, but share this with, with your friends um, and always review us. Rate us five stars, subscribe, and all that good stuff, too. Yeah. And like when I did originally the videos, the daily videos with the girls, the Lenten churches several years ago, there were people that showed them in Bible study groups. There were people that played them in their schools, like homeschools. So if you know anybody that would be interested in like a podcast to share with their Bible study or some Lenten study thing, um, if you think it would help somebody, share it because I think it'll be good for people. There's a little history, a little theology. We'll share some fun stories about our favorite experiences experiences at these churches. And I think it's going to be great. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Well, thanks, Mountain. Thanks, thanks. listeners. Yeah, thanks, listeners. Thanks for listening. <laughs> uh, talk to you uh, Wednesday, Ash Wednesday. Wednesday. Yep. Yeah. Sounds good. Santa Sabina. Yep. All right. Ciao. Okay. Ciao, ciao. Ciao.